Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for joining us for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, covering it all from the Piney Woods of East Texas out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Whether to go with ARC or PLC is not a choice to be made lightly. I'm James Hunt and I'll talk about help available to Texas High Plains farmers who face a March 15th deadline for making that big decision. How meteorologists covered the winter storm of 2021. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. The coastal bend area has been pleased to experience a major warming trend here during the final week of February. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Sometimes it pays to plant corn early, but this year it didn't. Jessica Domel has more. Central Texas farmers who planted corn before winter storm Uri will likely have to replant. Adam Owens, a pioneer field agronomist, says a very small percentage of acreage in Central Texas was planted early when the temperatures were warmer. We had two to four inch soil temps dip down into the 20s and stay there for a long enough time that it caused the seed to die. Additionally, we had over 130 consecutive hours of below freezing atmospheric conditions, and that didn't help at all, even with the snow cover we had. But on the bright side, most of the area that I cover, not much of the seed of any corn was planted at all. Farmers were contemplating planting the week of February 10th, but the forecast that week kept getting worse day by day. So most everybody held off, which I think is a really good thing. That was Adam Owens, a pioneer field agronomist. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. For the past week, Texas FFA members have been celebrating National FFA Week. Texas State FFA President Blake Mills. It's an exciting week for all FFA members across the state, let me tell you. There is a lot of different activities that Texas FFA Association is putting out there on the different various social media platforms. For members and chapters um, to kind of get involved in a lot of different activities, kind of spread awareness for FFA and what it stands for. Mills says Texas FFA has continuously grown since 2001 with 139,000 members and new chapters being chartered every year. And he feels like the organization's strength is growing despite the challenges posed by COVID-19. The deadline for choosing between ARC or PLC is approaching fast. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. Texas A&M AgriLife Risk Management Specialist D.D. Jones in Amarillo has been getting a lot of calls from farmers who face a March 15th deadline for making a choice between two USDA programs, ARC or PLC. 
Probably not an easy decision to begin with, but Jones says more complexity has been added by high commodity prices. Both of these programs are designed to be safety nets to protect farmers during times of low prices. Well, when you've got corn running five, six dollars or whatever, same way with wheat, then you're not going to be utilizing those safety net programs as much as you have in years past. Along with getting input from Jones and other AgriLife Extension staff, farmers can also use an ARC PLC decision aid on the website of the Agricultural and Food Policy Center at Texas A&M. The website is afpc.tamu.edu. Meanwhile, guidance from Extension is also available to cotton growers who have a March 5th sign-up deadline for the Quality Loss Adjustment Program. And there is a helpful calculator for that program also at afpc.tamu.edu. Speaking of cotton, that's the focus of the Southeast Panhandle Ag Conference this Wednesday at the Donnelly County Activity Center in Clarendon. The event is hosted by the Extension offices in Donnelly, Briscoe, and Hall Counties. Hall County Extension agent Josh Brooks says topics include the market outlook, soil fertility, weed control, and cotton varieties. And then we will have an auction train. We'll have lunch. You'll get five CUs total for from the events and plus the auction training. For more information and to RSVP, contact one of the three extension offices hosting the conference. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. February was a month for the weather record books. Tom Nicoletti visits with a Fort Worth meteorologist about the frigid February weather. My guest from Fort Worth today is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw. He joins us uh, to uh, give us a recap of the ice, the snow, the freezing temperatures that uh, occurred in February across the entire state of Texas. And Tom, uh, give us a sense of uh, how you folks uh, uh, covered this uh, enormous storm. We had an event for the ages. I mean, this is the kind of Arctic outbreak that happens probably once every 20, 30, or 40 years in the state of Texas. And we certainly had about a about a 10-day period in the middle third of February where incredible records were broken. We saw all manner of, of winter impacts. And uh, the Weather Service was right there uh, um, manning the stations and um, bringing folks in during treacherous road conditions to, to make sure that forecasts and warnings got out to the public. And certainly uh, the scope of this storm uh, stretched uh, from the Texas Panhandle to the Rio Grande Valley and from uh, far west Texas into east Texas. So everybody uh, had been impacted by uh, some form of the storm. Absolutely, Tom. It was amazing. If you look at a snowfall map for the state of Texas, it was, it was virtually unprecedented. We had snow on the ground all the way from the northern Texas Panhandle all the way down to the counties, um, basically even with or just to the south of Corpus Christi at one point. Widespread two to four inch snowfall amounts across the state with bands of heavier snow from the Abilene, San Angelo area, eastward up towards Texarkana and down towards College Station. Low temperatures, they, they were as low as minus 20 at the Paladuro Reservoir in Hemphill County. And we had teens and lower 20s as far south as the Rio Grande Valley with negative readings all the way as far south as Waco. How did you and other meteorologists cover this uh, massive storm? This is certainly uh, something uh, you don't see every day. 
It's certainly not. The uh, weather models were hinting at a, at a cold air outbreak during the early part of February. We knew it was going to be colder than normal for the middle part of February, but as the system started to round into shape and the, and the cold air started to spill southward, we got uh, a much better sense of how significant the cold air was truly going to be. And so it's just a matter of utilizing models, utilizing observations, and, and just a lot of common sense uh, meteorological expertise to try to produce the best you know, you know, warnings and forecasts that we possibly could for the public. As far as records, a lot of records got rewritten, both temperature records as well as snowfall records. So it'll be quite a while before we see an event like this again in the future. National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw will join me again on our next program to look at the forecast for the month of March. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Temperatures all across Texas warmed up last week, and that includes the coastal bend. Harvey Buring has more from Corpus Christi. Well, after being in the grips of that Arctic blast uh, for most of the previous week, like our fellow Texans, Coastal Bend farmers and ranchers have been uh, relieved to see a return of some seasonably normal temperatures for the final week of February. And uh, during the earlier part of this past week, a great many farmers and ranchers were involved in what could best be described as a hunting expedition. Not for wildlife, like you might think, but for, for necessary supplies. They've been hunting at the local hardware store for pipe fittings and PVC glue, hunting down at the grocery store for bread, milk, and eggs and produce, and hunting at the local feed stores for livestock feeds due to all the feed mills in the area being shut down as a result of power outages during the previous week. But fortunately, by weeks in, most of the supply chain was flowing again, and many of those items were available and people were getting back to normal. They were putting those winter coats back in the closet. Row crop farmers were checking soil temperatures and making final preparations with their planters to go back into the field and feed in some corn and sorghum acres. Planting of those two crops is expected to be on the increase during the week. And, of course, early planted corn may require replanting. And there's also some concern about that early planted spring wheat acreage. It's a minor crop in our area, five to 10,000 acres in the coastal bend each year, and many of those farmers are having to wait and see what degree, if any, of injury from the Arctic blast occurred to the wheat crop. Meanwhile, here in the coastal bend, everyone in agriculture is hoping and praying for a more typical spring weather conditions as we move into the month of March. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area for Texas Ag Today. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is still evaluating how Winter Storm Uri impacted Texas wildlife. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll explain how you can help on Texas Ag Today. Foaling season is just around the corner and you need to have your mayors prepared. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. 
Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Bowling season is just around the corner and you need to make sure that your mares are prepared. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has some advice. We are now at the beginning of foaling season and it is important to have thought about handling potential foaling complications. Hopefully your pregnant mare has been examined by ultrasound and the placenta was normal and the mare has been vaccinated prior to foaling to provide immunity in the colostrum for the foal. Make sure you have a clean, dry paddock for foaling as paddocks are usually cleaner than stalls. If you want to use a stall, make sure it is large enough and you would want to strip, clean, and disinfect the stall unless it's on concrete with padded rubber mats and then use straw for bedding and not shavings. Dr. Piper Norton from Austin indicates in the Bermuda publication that all equipment used in the stall should be disinfected, including water buckets, feed buckets, and mats, preferably using accelerated hydrogen peroxide. Accelerated hydrogen peroxide is very different from regular household hydrogen peroxide. So get to your vet to help you with getting effective disinfectants. Bleach is also effective as long as all organic matter is no longer present. At 30 days prior to foaling, make sure you have a foal alert or camera system that functions at the stall and be sure and remove the Caslix vulvar suture if your mare has one. Booster the mare's vaccine at 30 days prior to foaling if this has not already been done. Make sure you have lots of dry towels and a garbage bag to save the placenta for your vet to examine and a trailer in case the mare would require a C-section surgery at a referral hospital. After the foal is born, call your vet for a new foal exam at 12 hours after birth to check the foal physically and for a blood test to check for adequate colostrum ingestion. I'm Dr. Bob Judd and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is still evaluating how winter storm Uri affected Texas wildlife. Jessica Domel explains how you can help in today's wildlife report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is asking Texans to report any dead wildlife they may find on their property or in their neighborhoods following winter storm Uri in February. There are reports of the deaths of hundreds of bats in Houston, waterfowl in East Texas, and birds throughout the state. The department is asking people to report their findings on the iNaturalist website so that TPWD biologists can better understand the impacts of the winter storm on the state's natural resources. If you find a dead or sick bat, the department asks that you not handle it. The best course of action is to first note it on iNaturalist. If the bat is still alive, the department asks that you contact a wildlife rehabilitator. A list of those is available on the TPWD website. TPWD is also monitoring the impacts that the freeze had on vegetation that's vital to wildlife. For example, many of the shrubs in South Texas that were green prior to the freeze are now brown and shedding their leaves. The winter herbaceous vegetation, which are critical for deer now and into the spring, were impacted and burned by the freezing temperatures. The department says it's hopeful that despite those cold temperatures, the moisture from the snow and the ice was absorbed by the soil and that as temperatures warm up, the usual spring greenup will take place statewide. 
A link to report wildlife losses to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is available on the TPWD website. You can also go to iNaturalist, that's the letter I, naturalist, N-A-T-U-R-A-L-I-S-T dot O-R-G. Click on Community and then Projects and simply search Winter Storm URI. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Well, the cattle market kicked off the week lower on Monday, but the cotton market was sharply higher, regaining some of those big losses we had at the end of last week. We'll take a closer look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. back looking at another lopsided matchup jim today we have a combine taking on a train yeah that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine no competition there right especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train that's 18 football fields it's no contest every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings see tracks think train this message brought to you by operation lifesaver We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Well, the cattle market kicked off the week on Monday lower. We ended up lower in both live and feeder cattle futures. April live cattle down a dollar two, one eighteen ninety seven. The June down ninety two cents, one seventeen fifty. August live cattle down fifty seven at one sixteen forty seven. Same story in feeder cattle. March feeders down a dollar forty seven, one thirty seven twenty. April feeders down a dollar forty five, one forty one twelve. May feeder cattle down a dollar seventeen at one forty three ninety. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on Monday, no sales to report. Of course, last week most of our cattle here in Texas sold at one fourteen. Feedlots somewhat frustrated; they weren't able to break the market any higher than that. With packer margins now at $400 and better, and boxed beef prices continuing to move higher, the feedlot's definitely hoping to get some higher money this week. Show list this week higher in Texas, but lower in Kansas, Colorado, and Nebraska. Boxed beef prices higher on Monday. Choice up 45 cents at $240.98. Select up $1.69 at $231.42. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with J.R. Gully. We go now to Jody Fry of Producers Livestock Auction in San Angelo, reporting on a cattle sale he had on Thursday, February 25th. Uh, we fared pretty well. We had really nice weather on Tuesday and Wednesday and, and finally mustered up 800 head for today's sale. Two weeks ago, we had 1,200 head before the storm hit. Compared to our last sale of two weeks ago, those heavier weight calves and the yearling cattle going to the feed yard calling those steady to $2 higher. Your choice lightweight calves, now they were a good deal higher, calling those at least 6 to $8 higher. Much improved demand on those. Some of those choice steer calves could have been $10 or more higher. Slaughter cows and bulls firm to a dollar higher. Still best demand for those heavyweight cows and those fleshy cows and bulls going to slaughter. Red cows and pears had a few of those on offer today. Near steady, of course, best demand for those young to middle-aged heavy bred cows and those young to middle-aged cow-calf pears. Better quality steers, four to 600 pounds from 130 all the way up to a high of 185, mostly 140 to 160. Six to 800 pound steers, 110 to 145, mostly 120 to 135. Better quality 
quality heifers, four to 600 pounds from 115 up to a high of 150, mostly 120 to 140. Slaughter cows averaged to high yielding from 52 to 62, did have several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 64 to a high of 70. A few thinner and lower yielding type cows, still some of those from 33 to 45. Slaughter bulls averaged to high yielding from 70 to 88, did have several of the highest yielding slaughter bulls range from 91 to a high of 99. Jody Fry at Producers Livestock Auction in San Angelo. That's it for today's edition of Walking the Pins from the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm J.R. Gully for Larry Marble. Good day. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finished higher on Monday. April hogs up 57, 87, 72. May hogs up 70, closing at 89.57. Class 3 milk was mixed. March milk down 6 cents. 1616 100 weight. The cotton market saw big gains on Monday, making up for some of those big losses that we had at the end of last week. The July cotton contract coming within one tick of trading limit up. However, weakness in the grains and other markets did keep a lid on prices somewhat. We closed with March cotton up 244 points, 9026. May cotton up 274 at 9157. The December up 246, closing at 86.79. The wheat market closing lower for the third consecutive day. Of course, weakness in corn and soybeans putting some pressure on wheat prices. We closed the July Kansas City wheat down nine, six twenty-eight and three quarters. July Chicago wheat down seven and a half, six forty-two and a half. The corn market closed lower. That's the lowest close we saw in over two weeks and the first close below the 30-day moving average since mid-August. So definitely some bearish activity going on in the corn market with March corn down 8 cents, 5.47 and a half. September corn down 3 and 3 quarters, 4.85 and 3 quarters. December corn down 2 cents, 4.68 and 3 quarters. In the energy markets, April natural gas was unchanged, 278. April crude oil down $1.13 at 60.37 a barrel. The financial markets higher, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 673 points, 31,605. The NASDAQ up 394 at 13,586. The SP 500 up 98 at 3,909. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.